Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 125. Today, I have a familiar face to the show. It is Jeff Blau coming back for a fourth time. And folks at home, what a journey Jeff has been through. If you remember up to this point, Jeff has faced so many challenges with infertility and then the loss of a child once they became pregnant. But overcoming all of that adversity has resulted in the birth of his daughter, Hope. We start out by talking about having their rainbow baby. The craziest thing happened when we brought her home. Um, when we brought her home, it started to drizzle. And we, we, as we were coming out, there was a rainbow. And she's our rainbow baby, you know? And it was yeah. just, I can't, like, we both just started choke sobbing. Um, just because, you know, we'd been for so long fighting for this baby to be here. Next, we talk about what you do to prep for a baby to come into a home with older kids. And we made sure to let them know, hey, you know, we don't we don't love Hope any more than we love you guys. She needs our time because she's not independent like you guys are. Don't think that we don't love you because we're spending time with the baby. The baby just needs somebody to help her that you guys don't. And they kind of, they got that. We talk about what it's like being a girl dad. I wanted there to be strong women in the world and... I knew that having a girl with a mom who's a strong woman and a father who is supportive of strong women, I, th- th- I want her to go out and just be a badass. And of course, what's a conversation with Jeff Blau if we don't talk about Star Wars? Uh, you know, it was it was great. It was, you know, I think it was the day of or the day after she got home. Like, I, I was just exhausted. I was like, you know, let's sit down and watch Star Wars together. So we watched, you know, we watched A New Hope. Here's my conversation with Jeff Blau. Jeff Blau, welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. How are you? Great. How about you? Good. I'm, I feel like you're the the most repeated guest uh, because there's so much there's so much to your journey. And uh, first of all, welcome back. I think that this is so great to be on this side of the conversation. Uh, kids are born, and you know, here we are after a very deep conversation with Sam on. You know. Uh, several weeks ago, uh, months ago, really, at this point. So uh, first, you know, for anybody who may be new to the show or, or just listening, why don't you take just a quick moment and introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Jeff Blau. Um, I, yeah, this is, I guess, my fourth time? Yeah, it's, it's probably like your fourth time on this show. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is wild. Um, I think at first uh, I was on the show to talk about my perspective as being like a stepdad coming into an already established relationship and then uh, the struggles of dealing with infertility and then uh, doing uh, a, a show with Sam about, and, and you as well about uh, loss um, and how to deal and cope with that. And now finally uh, we have a, a happy, healthy baby home with us. So that's, that's where we're at now is talking about again, hopefully positive and happy stuff and, also, the struggles that come with that, because it's you know it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's with every good thing comes challenges as well. So uh, yes, we'll, we'll talk about that and hopefully inform and be uh, somewhat entertaining. Yeah. I'll, at least I'll try. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a much better conversation I feel uh, than the last one that we had, and I'm I'm glad to see such a happy, healthy family right now. This is so great. So why don't we uh, go ahead and introduce us? Tell us about your daughter. Uh, we gave birth, or my wife gave birth. We, to, Jeff. Uh, we, had, yeah. we had, like, you know, I was. You did a great job, I was right job, next Jeff. to her, I guess, but <laughs> I didn't really do. I just, go team. Um, uh, 
uh, Hope was born on October the 19th. Yeah, all right. Yes, I got it right. Um, uh, at 8.03 p.m. God, yeah, nailed it. Uh, 8.03 p.m. Um, we, she was an emergency C-section. Um, we, we, Holly had gotten in. We had, we were having some struggles with her later in the, or into the third trimester. Um, she, w- uh, the baby was not moving as much as the doctor would have liked. And so, uh, Holly kept on going in to get, uh, monitored to make sure that the baby was okay. And it got to the point where, we, you know, she went into the emergency room because the baby still again was not moving. They found a heartbeat and she was doing the practice breathing, but she wasn't doing the moving that they want to see. They want to see a certain amount of moving within 30, 30 minutes. And she kept on failing those tests. Um, and so at that point, uh, her OBGYN said, you know, we don't know she could be fine, but if she keeps failing these, it's to the point where like, she's probably safer out than she is in. So the OBGYN decided to, you know, have this emergency C-section and, you know, go team go. Uh, I ran home real quick to get all this, the go bag that we had packed literally the day before. We're like, we should probably pack this. It's getting close. Oh my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm dead serious. Like the day before, uh, <laughs> the, the, that weekend had been nuts. So the day, the day prior to the day that we packed it, so we packed the bag on the Sunday, the Saturday before, uh, my, we lost the dog. Uh, we had the uh, we had uh yeah we we had lost two dogs within this pregnancy uh both of them uh chihuahuas at um very extended uh ages at 15 um but oh the God, dog that's... had been act- had been ha- we thought were, were seizures like a, a couple days before woke up in the middle of the night just these howls and like the it, and uh you know we decided you know we need to take the dog to the to the vet uh, we took the dog to the emergency vet on Saturday because it happened again, and apparently the dog was having congested heart failure. And then we, you know, we're driving home with the dog, and she passed away because we wanted the the boys to see the dog. So it was just, it was rough. Yeah, that, that was a rough. rough day. The Sunday afterwards, you know, we're like, we need to get this done. I know we don't feel like it. We're we're depressed about the dog. Um, hi, that that's hope. Oh yeah! If you guys hear you guys... babies in the background, it, it, just don't worry. There's a brand new baby, just like how Jake's upstairs right now with Deanna. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the, my my computer is in the same room as yeah. my bedroom, so no, uh, that's Holly's what... here with the with the baby. Hi, Holly. Um, so yeah, we uh, so the dog passed away that like two days before the baby was born. So it was just it was a lot of stuff. Like when I when we picked up when we took Hope home. From the NICU, we had to go pick up the dog's ashes at the vet. Like, oh my just, God, Jeff! What? I was, That's... I was. Oh no, no. Excuse me. Not from when we picked. It was from when I took when she got out of the hospital. The day I picked her up from the hospital, and we started alternating because she was released. What? Uh, that. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. Sorry, that whole time is a blur. Yeah, I don't blame you. Lack a lot. of sleep yeah. and. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on in your life god so so you guys had the loss of the of the dogs and then the baby being born and then in the NICU and, and by the way talk to us about uh, the about why Hope was in the NICU um cause she was born at 35 weeks 5 days and so she was 
pretty premature. Yeah, it's still technically it's, premature. And, and how how big was she though? She was what four pounds, five pounds, five yeah, and a half so pounds. Pretty little. But she was ha- when she bo- was born, she was having a really hard time breathing. Mm. She was doing that grunting that they talk about, and so they took her to the NICU and got her um, on monitors and had oxygen in her nose um, and a uh, an IV in her in her head because that was the only place they could put it so they could get fluids in her. Um, after the first day, they got rid of the IV. They said, you know, didn't need that. Um, and they got rid of the breathing tube, I think within that same first day as well. So her breathing within the first 24 hours started to stabilize. Uh, but they kept her monitored. Then it was the waiting game of getting her to keep or eat enough food. Uh, Mm -hmm. so she needed to eat without using the feeding tube because they put a feeding tube down her nose. Um, without having to use the feeding tube, they needed her to eat for 24 hours or was it 24 48 with 48 hours of using no feeding tube. It had to be consistent either, uh, bottle or, uh, nursing. Gotcha. Um, they were at first they got, we used uh, donor milk. They had donor milk for there. So we didn't have to use formula and then they fortified it with extra calories and fat. And then once Holly started to be able to produce, uh, we switched off the donor milk and Holly was exclusively pumping for the baby. Wow. Uh, so we had a hard time getting her to, to latch cause she was so tiny. That's what, that, that's so, my next question. So I, I could imagine that that's really challenging. How did Holly deal with that for her as just kind of, I know that it was hard for Aria to latch when we were trying that with Deanna. It kind of made Deanna a little sad. Did it affect Holly at all? I think it did a little bit, but she had, uh, with her first uh, son, Ben, Ben wouldn't latch either. So he was exclusively pumped, yeah. fed. Uh, he was, you know, he it was breastfed, but he was, pum- he, she pumped exclusively what, for how long with Ben? Six months. And uh, so it wasn't, it, I know it, it, it hurt in a way, but in the, like we went to what, three different lactation consultants for hope and it just it's just she was so tiny yeah um it just it, it it didn't work and so and she had no problem eating from the bottle and she got so used to the bottle while she was there that it just made it that's difficult. it man. yeah when you get used to that bottle like that's the mm-hmm. thing with aria and then deanna was like then i just felt like a cow because i was just constantly that's... you know being milked <laughs> and so we switched to formula at that like after a couple months and then yeah uh, we're we're getting to the point where um holly's just is is it, with her schedule? It's just tough because it takes you know it's yeah. half an hour you know several times a day. That's time in the day that that she's exclusively doing that. You know, it's, it's not much she can do otherwise. Right. Um. So she and I, you know, she asked me if it was okay, but it's really ultimately her decision. You know, she we she just got the COVID vaccine, and I, we we both did recently. Oh, congrats. Thanks. Um, it was a huge relief, let me tell you. Um, Which one did you get? I had the Pfizer. Holly had the Moderna. Um, I felt like garbage that night. After that, I felt fine. Like, I didn't even get the soreness in my arm. Holly felt, again, the garbage that that night, and she her, her arm was really sore. Right. Um, but we read a study that the um, antibodies pass on to the baby through breast milk, so 
she's going to keep um, pumping until two weeks after the last shot. Oh, cool. Which will be about, I had six, no will be about six weeks from now. That's so really then after neat. that, we're going to switch to formula and, and try to get her on solid foods. Good stuff. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. That'll be great for her. And, you know, going back to the whole topic of, of the baby being premature, you know, I think you, your daughter and my son are just about a month apart. Um, but mm-hmm. really, if you think about it, I think your your daughter probably was meant to be born closer to the time when my son was born. I um, think we're due, or the due dates were a, a day apart. Like uh, um, Hope's due date was November 11th. Yeah, he was born on November 12th. So yeah. just to put it in perspective for everybody. What, but what sort of uh, developmental things considerations did they say to to keep an eye out for with a premature baby because you know like there's almost you're you're still kind of going through that third trimester as the baby's born so mm-hmm. what what sort of ways are you taking her development into effect that people should think about if if they're concerned about a premature baby well they reminded us that you know she might developmentally mentally uh be above cuz she you know she's getting that stimulus early but that her body might be trailing behind. Um, and then there's some things that, that she might not get until she's, you know, technically she's, you know, she's getting to be almost five months, but gestationally she's not there yet. You know, she's gestationally about the same age as, as you, as your son. So you have to kind of take into account with like weight and height. Sometimes they trail behind of their counterparts, but because gestationally they're actually where they're supposed to be. Yeah. If they had been born, you know, if they, you know, the two or three weeks before, oh, yeah, they fit right in that. That's why it's a range instead of a exact number. So that way they can fit that certain, you know, healthy level. Yeah. Um. The, but that was about it. Like, there wasn't much different. Uh, you know, I had to go. We didn't have preemie clothes. So I, I went the, the day she was born and went to the baby store and bought three magnetic me <laughs> outfits and dropped a hundred bucks because we got a gift card from my work when the baby was born. And I was like, ooh, good use. And just dropped the the, the gift card nice. at the uh, uh, at the baby store and bought her three out preemie outfits, which was great because the magnetic me outfits, uh, the wires can fit through. The, for the monitors, much easy. So if you have a baby in the NICU, there's there's your your pro tip. Magnetic me outfits are great. Um, and I think we do, didn't we donate some some of them to the NICU after we were done. Yeah, that's um, a great because idea. Once she started going out of it, like we had no use for them, and there were lots of babies there were there were no parents coming to see them because they were there for you know yeah yeah people who. You know, DHR took or here is DHR. I guess uh, Child Protective Services up there in right. Virginia. Um, you know, babies that had parents who were on drugs or all kinds oh. of other issues. But they, we saw baby, you know, babies that were crying all night. You know, that were withdrawing from. It's just sad. It's heartbreaking because you know we yeah. were in there every single day for as long as we could be, and then there was babies there that nobody came to see. That is comfort they had. For the nurses, so it was rough. Well, you know, thinking now, here you are, you've got the baby at home. What was it like bringing her home and, you know, like holding her, knowing that she was now a part of your family? The craziest thing happened when we brought her home. Um, when we brought her home, it started to drizzle. And we, 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 as we were coming out, there was a rainbow 
and she's our rainbow baby, you know? And it was yeah. just, I can't, like, we both just started just choke sobbing. Um, just because, you know, we'd been for so long fighting for this baby to be here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it just felt like it was this divine sign from, you know, God or whatever you believe in, you know, that, you know, she was meant to be here. And this is, this is what the path was that through all the trials and tribulations of IVF and, and losing a child, um, this was what was meant to be. And, uh, it was, you know, it, it was daunting going home with a baby in the car. Like I drove extra slow. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, getting her home, it was just, we were just relieved. We're just, we had, we, you know, we had to deal with some pretty, one particular nurse that really grinded our gear. Everybody else was great, but we had one nurse that was, we called Nurse Ratchet. And she just, she, uh, said the wrong thing to mama bear Uh-oh. who's a lawyer Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, she earned the, my wife's ire for the rest of the time. And it was like, you know, she were coming in there. It was like the second or third night. And you know, she's like, Oh, are you the mom? Yes. Like, you know, like I have a wrist brace bracelet on like the, it was the, t- the tone and the way she tried to talk down to my wife. Like we oh, just, boy. Oh yeah. Like that mama was not happy. Um, so the night shift, which is where she worked, dad came and stayed uh, to be with the baby um, instead of mom, because it, it just, she was not who was compatible with my wife. Yeah. The night, the day pe- nurses that we had two outstanding day nurses that were just absolutely. <laughs> they are a credit to that profession. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was one, it was a guy and he was really good at like helping me build my confidence. Cause you know, I, I've been around the boys since Lucas was three and Ben was seven, but I never had to change a diaper. I never had to hold a baby and all that stuff. So the first couple times of like changing a diaper and like, having to feed a baby. I got real frustrated because I couldn't figure it out. And it was just like, he helped me build my confidence and it was really reassuring because, you know, seeing a a guy, you know, a dad as a NICU nurse, it really just, it really helped me feel like I could do this, you know? That's beautiful, man. I'm glad that you had that support. That's so necessary for men, especially if you've Mm -hmm. never been around that. I I was lucky enough to be around a lot of younger cousins that Mm -hmm. I was able to, you know, see how you change diaper and all that sort of stuff. I know a lot of, a lot of men aren't around that. And, you know, I think there's something about a maternal instinct that kicks in for a lot of women. Um, some men don't necessarily have that kick in, you know, right away. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you had that support. That's really good. And thinking about, uh, Ben and Lucas, they got to see their little baby sister. What was that like? Yeah. So they weren't allowed to come into the NICU because of COVID restrictions and stuff. So we made sure to send them pictures and, uh, uh, FaceTime with them so they could see the baby. Um, and then when we brought the baby home, um, you know, they came home off the bus that day, I believe, and got to meet her then. Um, so that was really cool. They were excited. Lucas, 
specifically the younger he really just loves being around hope and you know rubbing her head being around her then i mean he's 12 now and at the time i guess he was 11 he just he loves having the time to go into his room and just be alone since <laughs> our Lucas is distracted. So, yeah. um, I think, you know, I think he cares about his sister. I think it's cool, but he's also like, you know, just get me away from the, 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 the eight year old, like he's please. independent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, both the boys really, uh, you know, they love their sister. They're, um, I think there was a point where Lucas started to get kind of jealous because we were, we weren't giving him the attention that he was getting before, but he was able to vocalize that and we tried to give him time to himself. Um, and we made sure to let them know, Hey, you know, we don't, we don't love hope any more than we love you guys. She needs our time because she's not independent. Like you guys are. And don't think that we don't love you because we're spending time with the baby. The baby just needs somebody to help her that you guys don't. And they kind of, they got that. Right. Um, which was good. Um, but yeah, they're great around the baby. Yeah. Uh, sometimes Lucas is, is just, you know, he's an eight year boy, so he's loud a lot. And we have to be like, yo, volume down, the baby's sleeping. But Yeah. Well, and you've talked about one way that you address some of the issues that come along with having a, in your case, you know, a third child in the house. Uh, you, you deal with that, uh, that jealousy <laughs> that can kind of come out. And we were lucky enough to where Aria was so excited to have. Uh, a baby brother and we introduced them and, and immediately it was love at first sight. And we did have to deal with some of the jealousy stuff, but like you, you have those conversations, but there's also a lot of prep work that happens before the baby is born. And, and I've talked about this in some of the YouTube videos and stuff that I've done, but I'm curious for you guys, how did you guys prepare the boys for the baby that was coming into their lives? I mean, they, they had two times to prep, you know, with Harper before and then this one. And that was, you know, that came with its own you know, huge issues that we talked about in the last um, podcast. But, um, you know, we told them, hey, the baby's coming. You guys aren't going to be able to be as loud as you were. And a lot of the times now, because the baby is either out in our room or in the living room, um, they tend to stay in their rooms a lot more now. Uh, for Christmas, I, I got Lucas his own like smart TV. So he's able to like kind of, you know, watch television in his room without really needing me or his brother because his brother had had gotten one for Christmas the year before as well. So we just got him the same thing. Uh, so he knew how to use it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the most part, they they've been really good. They, there wasn't much prep because they're older. I think it's different. If they had been younger, I think there was there would have been more things we had to do to get them ready. But for the most part, Ben's like, okay, like he's you know he's getting ready to be in middle school. There's not much you know. There's maturity there. Yeah, yeah, and and Lucas, like Lucas was just so excited that you know he you know we said hey you're gonna need to do this and like that's cool and like he was talked about he was gonna protect her from murder hornets and. And uh, when the murder hoarded thing was a thing last year and just all kinds of stuff, yeah, you remember that, that was... bees and spiders. And it just, he was, yeah, oh. he's playing the big brother card. Oh. I love that. I, I really love that. You know, I think this sense of independence, by the way, is really great because this is something that we prepped Aria for is, um, 
like we have a little playroom and we would say, okay, Arya, time to just go to your playroom. And we would be in a different room because we knew that we would have to spend some time with Jacob one-on-one or, you know, two-on-one in that case. And mm-hmm. building up that um, independence was hard because Arya would be like, come play with me, come play with me. And, you know, you're like, I feel really, like, yeah, I really want to go play with you. But really what we should be doing is building some independence. So we taught her how yeah. to do puzzles by herself and like coloring and other things. And I think that that, that helps tremendously. Helps tremendously. How old is Arya now? She's going to be four in May. Okay. That, yeah, I can see we're building those skills. That at that point is probably the is super key. So uh, so yeah. important. Yeah. And the age difference is is a big one between you know the boys and and Arya and and her little brother. But mm-hmm. I think that the same principle is true when you can build the the independence before mm-hmm. you have your second kid. Lord, that makes it so much so much easier. Yeah, um, the, Lucas is, seems to be more independent than Ben. Ben, even yeah. now at 12, like will have to have us like help him tie his shoes and like make him dinner. Like he can't like Lucas will go like, Hey, can I do something? Like, and he'll like, no, I want to do it. Ben's like, can you do it for me? And I think that comes from him. You know, I think there's a lot of things from his, his youth where, um, you know, he was, he was young and, 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 you know, with, when his dad and his mother got divorced. Yeah. It kind of, you know, that's having to be a single parent. There's stuff that, you know, having to be one parent for, for two boys, you know, very young and two, two boys, you know, it's difficult for my wife. And I feel like she feels guilty in certain ways for certain things that Ben has issues with. Like he, like he's, he's uh a picky eater and stuff like that. But like in the end, they're happy, healthy boys. And in the end, I think they're going to grow out of stuff like that. That's um, right. And you guys are doing a so, hell of a job raising those boys. So, oh yeah. You know, I, I, that's not to take anything there to, you know, say that there was anything wrong with how the boys are raised at all. No, the boys yeah. are great. They're, they're, they're polite. They're very, very, uh, you know, they don't get in trouble in school. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're they're just great kids you know i think for me i i have to i look at everything through the lens of how i was raised and my dad was very strict in like former military so like (laughs) uh, i look at things in a way different way than holly does and holly has to remind me sometimes like yo you don't have to be your dad (laughs) (laughs) so true i'm like you know what you're 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 right and so like what i perceive to be an issue a lot of times isn't an issue. Right. Uh, because I, you know, I'm looking through the eyes of, of, of my dad. I'm like, well, you know, but it's so true. And we bring, and this is a constant topic we've talked about and we've talked about it in your previous shows, but it's probably coming to light even more with your daughter. It's like, you start to realize you're becoming your dad in some cases and your mom, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. it, it depends on certainly the circumstance, and yeah. you start to realize when you're doing that thing that you hated when they did that to you, and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> doing it. Uh, yeah. It's full circle, man. It's full circle. Um, but it, with with hope, I don't. You know, I've been trying to be much more of like hands on. Like, yeah. I mean, she has me wrapped around her finger, and you know, my dad never really raised, you know, girls. He you know, he had boys growing yeah. up, and like he had stepsisters, but like. They were usually grown. They were grown by the time you know, he came around. So like, it's a lot of new experiences 
that I have to learn from my, you know, on my own and from even Holly, Holly, this is her first girl. So we're, we're, we're trying yeah. to learn how to do that out the seat of our pants, you know? So, yeah. So actually that's a, that's a really good topic. I mean, what is this dynamic like now that you have a girl in the house where both of you were really around boys most of the time in general? What, what What's the difference that you're finding? Holly loves to buy girl stuff. That's that's what it comes down to. She buys all kinds of outfits. She's giving me the oh, she's giving me a look, <laughs> but she knows Laughing. it's true. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh, but she knows it's true. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, it, we're I'm much more um, gentle with hope than I am with the boys. That being an age difference, but like I don't know, she just. From the moment I saw her, she had me wrapped around her finger. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, it, I wanted a girl. I always wanted a girl. I always wanted to be a girl dad because I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, I wanted there to be strong women in the world. And I knew that having a girl with a mom who's a strong woman and a father who is supportive of strong women, I, th- th- I want her to go out and just be a badass. Yes. And not let anybody tell her that she can't do something. If somebody tells her that she can't, I hope she goes out and sh- proves them wrong. Um, because there's nothing that, you know, she's going to be able to do differently, except maybe, you know, write her name in the snow when she pees. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only difference. Hey, you know what? Challenge accepted. Okay. <laughs> she's going to invent something. <laughs> Get real creative with a funnel or something. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Jeff, this is, this is, uh, I always love talking dad stuff with you, but I'm going to shift the conversation to something I love just as much talking about you talking with about you. And that's star Wars and all the things, the geeky things that we love together. Um, so, uh, uh, what sort of things have you been involving hope with at such a young age? Certainly. Uh, but her name is hope. Star Wars is something that we love. Uh, her middle name is Isley. Yes, and so <laughs> a lot, you know, like what what was it like sitting down with your kid and, and watching Star Wars for the first time? Uh, you know, it was it was great. It was you know, I think it was the day of or the day after she got home. Like I I was just exhausted. I was like, you know, let's sit down and watch Star Wars together. So we watched, you know, we watched A New Hope. It's my favorite of of the of the plethora of star Wars out there though. The Mandalorian is, is, is pretty close to get, taking that cake. Yeah, that's just that's amazing. My favorite star Wars ever is the Mandalorian. And that says oh, a lot because so a new hope was mine too. Oh, it, it mean it, Dave Filoni and, and, uh, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau. Yeah. It's just, just incredible. Just incredible. They, 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 just give them everything star Wars and let them yep. be the shepherds of the, of the, of the franchise. Cause just everything they make has been gold so far. Totally. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It was, it, it really like, you know, she wasn't really paying attention. She was, you know, a couple days old, but it was just this kind of bonding experience. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of, um, star Wars stuff in her room. Like she has star Wars sheets in her crib and star Wars blanket. And, uh, we got Star Wars paintings on the wall, and uh, like these these minimalist ones we got from Etsy that we printed at Walgreens that on uh um forget what kind of material it's you know looks like a painting almost type, and we just got those you know hung up on the wall, and 
Uh, she has a bunch of outfits that are Star Wars related. I mean, th- that's been the, the the biggest geeky thing is the Star Wars stuff. But, you know, she also has a lot of, you know, girl power, Ruth Bader Ginsburg stuff, because, you know, that's my w- was my wife's hero was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Cool. I mean, that's who we dressed her up for, for Halloween. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So, I mean, it's we want we have a lot of books, you know, about, uh, you know, f- feminist icons and stuff like that, because we want to make sure she knows that she can be, you know, like in whoever she wants to be. You know, she doesn't need to conform to any certain cookie cutter what women are supposed to be. She can go out and trailblaze be the first female president, go be the first whatever. You know, hopefully she's not the first female president because hopefully by that time we'll have a female president yeah. for the love of yeah, God. For real. Uh, um, but she's, you know, she, we want her to feel empowered. That's important to me and it's important to my wife. So, um, but yeah, uh, geeky stuff is mostly Star Wars. Um, a lot of Star Wars stuff. I'm trying to think of anything else. Just some Yo Gabba Gabba stuff that she got hand me down from her little brother or for her big brothers. She started. We started having her watch it. We had her watch Coco Melon at first, and I wanted to gouge my <laughs> eardrums out with an <laughs> ice pick because I because it's the same same da, thing. Da, yep. Da 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 da. I'm just I'm it, 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 they're all the same uh, songs just with different words, and so she was like she saw when we were watching WandaVision, spoiler, there's a part in there that shows Yo Gabba Gabba. And she's like, we should try Yo Gabba Gabba. And then we just looked on YouTube and there's like a ton of full episodes on YouTube that uh, are hosted by the production company that makes it. So, you know, we turned on Yo Gabba Gabba and she's just hooked and it's like, okay, oh, how fun. I can deal. I can deal with Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you well, know, like, when I see Jack Black on there, I'm like, okay, yeah, right. I can deal with this. Right. Like, have you guys tried any Sesame Street or anything yet with her? Not yet. I haven't, I couldn't tell you the last time that I've seen Sesame Street. It I is, uh, it's in a good place. I'm going to say that we've watched a lot of Sesame Street over the past four years. <laughs> uh, it's all on HBO max and it's, Ooh. you know, this is the, this is the thing by the way. And you know, everybody has their opinion about, about technology and we've talked a lot about technology on this show and how there's an inevitability around it and you should certainly approach it with you know being reasonable and and everything but i think that more preparing your kids with technology is mm-hmm. is even more important than perhaps keeping them away from it mm-hmm. uh and you know i think with that we've had sesame street on in the background like not necessarily like the kids watch it but just so that they hear the songs and stuff, and it's just it's just kind of noise in the background. And yeah, I think quiet time's important, but what what happens is the noise in the background, the songs and the learning that happens just from what they hear through some of that has been mm-hmm. like really good because then Aria like will hear something and then just get up and dance and then, you know, like when she was little, they would do the, you know, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And then she'd start learning that, you know, she'd start clapping her hands and stuff when she was little. There were, like, little things that would happen subtly just from hearing some of the good stuff that comes out of a show like that. So I'd recommend just having that on in the background if you Ooh, are looking for right. something. No, I, I will do that. I will do that. I Like, uh, I didn't even thought of that. And I, I we, I have uh, here in Huntsville, my ISP is AT&T. And we get HB with the tier because I get the gigabit because, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to have fiber, yeah, why wouldn't I get gigabit? Exactly. Um, Same. 
but I get a uh, I get HBO Max with my subscription right. my, for free. So that gives that, that's that's uh, I didn't even think to look at Sesame Street, but I will put that on. That's a really good idea. By the way, they got all the Studio Ghibli stuff on there too. It's really good. I don't like it. Oh God, you're the worst, Jeff. What are you I'm even sorry. doing on my show? I'm just kidding. But but I but I they do have all of Batman the animated series. They do, which is a the best Western animation. It's so good ever. And uh, Looney yeah. Tunes, they got they got everything on there, man. It's very nice. Ooh. Very Ooh. good stuff. I, I, how would that? How does Looney Tunes age nowadays with the social content? Like, there's got to be stuff in there now that just doesn't jive with. They today. have like a little um, precursor at the beginning, like this is a mm. representation of the times. And, oh, kind of like uh, they do with Disney Plus. Yeah, with certain stuff. Okay. Yeah, I've seen some of that. I think with with Looney Tunes as well, and um, you could tell like they cut some stuff, but it's not it's not noticeable. Like it's not like you're missing out on anything, but I think that it's really, um, it's great for to see Aria watch some of that stuff from the fifties. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like laughing and it's silly and stuff. And yeah. it's like, God, this stuff still holds up and it's still great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Mel Blanc was just a genius. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. W- one more geeky thing. Yeah. Are, are you as excited as I am for that hotel? At Galaxy's oh, the, Edge. Oh, yeah. God, it's going to be thousands of dollars. And guess what? I'm going to spend thousands of dollars, Jeff, to go and have oh, that experience. I'm, I'm hoping it opens up by the end of the year because I turn 40 next year and I want oh. it to be my 40th birthday to go and and live Disney for a week. I, I mean, live Star Wars for a week. Have I just, you, have I, you I, been? I want it so have, bad. Have you been to Galaxy's Edge? Oh, yeah. We went. So I, th- I think I talked about this. Uh, uh, Couple on the ago. last one, we yeah. uh, the two days after uh, we lost the baby, that was what we did to yeah. cope. Is we packed the car up and was like, "We're going to Disney." And because they were expecting the hurricane for uh, to hit Labor Day, everybody had canceled their plans, so it was an, an almost a nearly empty park. Yeah. So we went to Galaxy's Edge, and re- the, they didn't have Rise of the Resistance up yet, but they did have uh, Smuggler's Run. We did that twice. Yep. That was being like I I law I started crying when I went into the the Millennium Falcon. It was just, it was so cool. You will <laughs> just um, seeing it. Rise of the Resistance sick. is even better than that. I've heard I've heard it's fantastic. It's it's the best thing that Disney's ever created as far as a ride goes, in my opinion. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Star Wars fan. It's just the best. Like and by the way, as she gets older, like talking about hope for a second. I mean, mm-hmm. what sort of anticipation do you have around introducing her to little bits of star wars as she gets older are you going to try for that i think we've talked about this but like are you going to try to uh have her surprised by the fact that vader is luke's father or are you just going to give up on that right now i think if i can shield her from it (laughs) which is difficult i will try like i don't let the problem is her brother's have are so in Star Wars as well that I think it's it's nay impossible to do that. Um, I think that's a conversation I'm gonna need to have with her brothers now to be like, don't spoil Star Wars. Yes, do it. Um, do it. Um, yes, there you go. I you know I and I think if I when I'm going to show her is in machete order. So do four five two three six seven eight. So you're not gonna nine. start. You're not gonna go four five one two three. You're gonna go four five two three. Yeah, I mean, I might do four, five, one, two, three. Uh, uh, I feel like there's six. a, there's a, you have, you have to show one, and I get it. Everybody hates once, one, yeah. but like, 
you know, there's a completionist piece to this. And also Jar Jar Binks, for better or for worse, makes kids laugh. And, you know, yeah. at that age, you know. Yeah. And, and Qui-Gon Jinn, like Liam Neeson does a great job He's of Qui-Gon Jinn. And if they if the if their rumors are true and he's going to be in Obi-Wan, like. Yeah, I'm so excited for that show. I am, too. There's lots so, of good Star Wars stuff coming out. Oh, my goodness. Ezra is going to be in Ahsoka Tano, the Ahsoka Tano show. Like, th- this is just a great time to be a Star Wars fan. It is. It's a great time to be a, a fan of Star Wars, of Marvel, everything that, that Disney's mm-hmm. putting out. And, and, you know, there are a lot of other IPs out there that are that are doing some good things, too. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to the geeky stuff that we get to introduce our kids to. Like, And outside of Star Wars, what else are you anticipating uh, wanting to introduce her to? Probably, you know, the, the Marvel stuff, because they have like a, a bunch of strong characters. Yeah, um, I, I'm hoping she'll get into like I'm a huge Batman fan, so I'm hoping she likes the Batman stuff. Um, I'm, hmm. Gaming, are you going to get her into video games at all? She watched me play PlayStation. yet? like I was playing PlayStation five yesterday. I was playing uh, Miles Morales and she was just hanging out watching me. Nice. I'm hoping she'll get into gaming like we're going to. I'm hoping that we can get like I think Nintendo is probably the best starting yeah. point because it's the the games are so approachable at a young age and they're surprisingly the yeah like they're surprisingly well approachable is probably a good word for that but simple you know yeah intuitive intuitive um, is a good word for it too um and the, the, they can they don't try to overcome uh, overly complex controls um. I mean, they have games that are, but you know, for the, you know, the, your Mario's, your uh, uh, your Zelda, your basic Zelda games, like y- you can pick them up and kind of know what you're doing. Um, so I'm, I think if we, I'm going to try to get her into that first, and if she seems to latch on it, great. If she doesn't, you know, that might not be her thing. And, and even with the Star Wars or anything else, if she doesn't latch onto it, I'm gonna let her find her her voice like i don't want to like i'm going to introduce her to things because that's just what parents do but in the end if she's not into it i'm not gonna force feed her or make her pretend to like it because dad likes it like if she doesn't like it cool like find what makes you happy because like there's nothing worse than a parent and you see it that forces their kid into like yes gymnastics or like a sport and they hate it but they do it because they're they, they're the the parent is living vicariously through the child and i don't i don't want to hate do that. that i want my child to live their life for them yeah except if it's so. star wars because if my kids don't like star wars then what are they even doing i'm just kidding by the way kind of but oh man like i don't like you know if if they don't like it i mean that'll suck because i you know i love <laughs> me some star wars but i mean it's in the end they, you know, they got to live their own life. I'll just judge them for the rest of their life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, I, I'm wishing that you have a, a wonderfully Star Wars filled, uh, you know, time with your daughter. And I know that you've had that with those boys. And I and I can't wait to see so much more growth in that uh, in that department with the family and and everything that you guys have been through. I think it's just an absolute inspiration. And just kind of thinking back to what we've talked about i mean you've been through such a journey you know here you are your fourth time or whatever on this show and you've grown so much 
as a person, as a father, um, you know, talking about what it's like to bring this new life into your family. And then ultimately, like, what are you looking forward to? What have you been introducing her to and bringing her into your your life and everything that you love and excited to see her grow? You know, with all that in mind and everything that you've been through, would you like to share some words of wisdom with our audience at home that may be in a similar situation to you? Try to stay positive. At least that's what I try to do. Like, it's not toxically positive. Like, look at things with critical thinking, but like, try to stay positive and look at the 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 positive points of uh, if you're going through a struggle. Um, you know, the, you're always going to find uh, challenges in any situation, good, bad, and different. Um, but trying to look at the the goal and the positives at it. Like, we went through a huge S storm throughout the whole, you know, uh, journey. Um, but you know, we, we, me and Holly constantly tell ourselves, you know, hope is worth every shot, every drop of, uh, of blood, every tear that was, uh, welled up in our eyes. Like when you, when we look at her, it was worth every dime that we spent every, you know, fight that we had um it, you know it, it was worth it because we have her now and she was the she was the baby that was we were meant to take home and yeah. no matter what like just try to look at the goal and stay positive because you're gonna have times where it feels like you're you're mucking through the the uh the the swamp the like in um the never ending story where, you know, the, the swamp of sorrows you're, you know, and you're sinking like our tax, but you just got to stay positive and keep going because that's the only way you can get yourself through it. Um, and that you'll be better off at the, in the end, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll grow and you'll, and it, it doesn't mean, you know, having take a take home baby. It could mean, you know, finding a, like adoption or, finding a, a way to have a surrogate it does you know it, every path is going to be different for somebody else and don't let anyone tell you that you're not going to be a parent if they're not your biological child because i'll tell you one thing you know when it when sam and and his wife end up with their baby they're going to be better parents than i could ever be uh they are wonderful people and i'm so excited for their journey yeah. and i hope you have him on here soon to talk about his uh, journey because I I'm I'm rooting for them so much. Um, but yeah, just stay positive because that that's that's what's gonna take you to your goal. Yeah, Sam. I've been talking to Sam about it, and he's gonna as they get further throughout that journey, we're definitely gonna have him on. And you know, you and Holly deserve all the happiness in the world, and you guys deserve this. So so excited for this, and and I'm happy to be on this side of the conversation compared to really even where we started off right? Um, four episodes ago, you know, it's been a few years, you know, since you were first on the show. So, um, I'm so excited for you, you know, with having a boy when you thought you were having another girl. God, and yeah, then... <laughs> I know. It's, it's a wild uh, journey, man. This whole parenting yeah. thing. And that's the thing, like expect the unexpected and roll with every punch. It's, um, the end result is so worth it. So it's, it's incredible. Um, uh, Jeff, I, I, thank you again for sharing your, and being vulnerable and sharing everything that you've been through, man. Appreciate you. That's, I mean, that's the only way that I feel like I can help somebody else is just telling 
my side of things and my journey. And hopefully if it helps one person and theirs, then it was totally worth it. Man, it's always such a blast to talk to Jeff. Thank you again, Jeff Blau, for being on the show. It's always fun talking to him about Star Wars and all that, but I think most importantly, we're having a great conversation about something that he really deserves, about being a dad and the welcoming his daughter, Hope. It's just, it's, as, as a friend, I'm very happy to be on the other side of this conversation. So again, Jeff, thanks for sharing everything you've been through. I hope that you found it inspiring and have taken something away from this conversation. And if you'd like to chime in on anything that we talked about, you can always email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support anything that we do here, head over to supportadad.com. There you can become a patron, find a level that works for you. Even a dollar a month helps tremendously. So thank you again to everybody who's a patron in supporting the show and making this happen. Thanks for listening. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to others. Take care. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.